So I have a question. Um, what sort of things can we offer devotion to? What thing, do you guys know what that word, I, I don't want to talk about what the word means right now. I just want you to talk about what, um, what it would look like. What things can we offer devotion to? What can we be devoted to? So God, what else can we, Abby? Yes, we can be devoted to puppies, certainly. Pets, we'll just throw pets in that category. Corgis, perhaps, I don't know. Uh, Lydia. Others, we can be devoted to others. That's really good. I like where your mind is going there. Abby. So candy? Candy, okay, we can be, we can definitely be, food, we said food already. We'll throw food out there. That's good. Candy falls into that category, good. We said food, William said food. Uh, Abby. Okay, good, we can be devoted to video games. Entertainment, we'll throw entertainment in that category. That's good. Gosh, is there anybody else have any ideas? Yeah, Things we can be devoted to? I have really good ones. Oh, yeah. Um, technology. Okay, good. good Great. I love that your minds are working this morning. M- Maddie. Um, family. family, yes. Uh, Cora. Uh, yes. Um, music, music is good. Yeah. I was trying to think of a broader category, but music is good. Music. Performance. Money. Okay, that's a good enough list. There are like, we could keep listing the things that we could be devoted to, right? Abby has, is a, what, oh, you could be devoted to your wife. That's good. That's good family. Yeah. Uh, Abby, you had one. Okay, Maddie. You, you can be devoted to sleep. Yes, absolutely. Okay, that's good. All right, very, very good. All right, number one, in your notes, the question is, who sets my devotion? Uh, a better a better way of asking this question is who's going to make the decision what my heart is committed to Jesus. right so that's a good answer to that question <laughs> but uh, but who sets my devotion who uh, determines where my devotion is going to end up so it could go to any of these things right God. somebody has to make this decision for us though God. where our devotion is going to go Okay, so you know what the answer should be, but we're going to go look at this a little more. So, God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Okay, so uh, who, wrote, who, wrote the Ten Com- who wrote the Ten Commandments that we have in our Bible? Who wrote them on a, on a tablet or a piece of paper or whatever? Like, yes. Okay, good. Thank you very much. Yeah, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. First, Genesis, 
Well, yes, God, like God told the Ten Commandments, but the one who wrote them down for us to get them in our Bibles is Moses. So why, my question is, Moses, Moses wrote this here, and he wrote, uh, he says, after this, and God spoke all these words. Words equals commandments. So there, words equals commandments. So these are, when it, when it says that in the text, that's what words means. And then uh, when he wrote this, these here, he's letting us know that these are God's commands to his people. So God spoke all of these words, these commands, and he said this. He said, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. We looked at that. We talked about what it means. My question is this. Why does God care so much about reminding his people about this? He's getting, now think, think with me. What is he getting ready to do? What is God getting ready to say? Abby. No, no. What is he, what is he getting ready to say? He's getting ready to tell them 10 things. What is he getting ready to tell them? The Ten Commandments. Yeah, but he's not getting ready to say, I'm going to die on the cross for your sins. <laughs> yeah. In Genesis. That's exactly right. Okay, so we have the Ten Commandments. All right, great. He's getting ready to do that. So why does God remind them about Egypt before he tells them the Ten Commandments? Korah. Yes, to remind him how powerful he is, to remind them how much he cared for them, how much he was willing to do for them, that they had no hope of getting out of slavery unless he did something about it. So every time God reminds them of this, he wants to, to remind them of his character, of who he is. Okay, the first commandment says this, you shall have no other gods before me. So that's the first commandment. And this is what it means. It means that God wants all of our devotion. Okay, so we talked about this already, how uh, devotion is like the thing that we love. And whatever determines what you're devoted to, whatever makes that decision for you is what commands your life. And the thing that commands your life is your, what's that word? God's, yes. So the thing that commands your life is your God. Now, we don't have gods like they like worshiped multiple gods. There are some people around us who worship um, different gods, but this is, this is kind of different for us to understand. Um, but this, this phrase is all about devotion. So do you guys remember when somebody asked Jesus, what are the two most important commandments? Or what's the most important commandment? What did he say? Before that one. Now, two most important commandments. Jesus, what's the most important commandment? You shall not follow nope. Other Jesus, what's the most? I'm sorry. That was with all your soul, mind, strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the one that we're talking about. Yeah. Treat others like you want to be treated, right? That's the golden rule. That's a different thing. But yes. This is, uh, God wants all of our devotion. So this is primarily about devotion. God's saying, I don't want you to be devoted to anyone else besides me. I don't want you to let anything else determine what you are going to be devoted to. Abby. No, we're just doing the first two. 
Um, yeah, we have we have some time here. So, okay. God's saying, I should not be able to see. So he says, before me, it's literally in front of my face. So when somebody does something in front of your face, they're trying to show it to you. And uh, so like, if, uh, if I, I don't have a good example of this, but like um, God, when God says before me or when he says in front of my face, he's basically saying, if I can see it, my question is, what can God see? What can God see? Yes, good, okay. God can see everything. So literally, you should never, ever have any other gods or be devoted to anything else in front of my face. Okay, what things do we do that show that we are devoted to someone or something? We work hard for that thing. Okay, good, devotion. We work hard. What else do we do to show that we are devoted? How do you guys show your parents that you are devoted to them? Okay. You tell them, okay, you do what they say. Obey is another word. Uh, how else? You said, Elliot, you said we love them, um, but what does that look like? Like, how do your parents know that you love them? Uh, if they ask you to do something. No. Good. Yeah, so you obey. Yep. Um, Abby. You tell them. Okay, good. That's really good. That's simple, but tell them. Spend time with them. Oh, that's so good. Help. Okay, so that's what devotion looks like. Good. Sometimes that's actually true. That's legit. It's true. Yeah, it can be very distracted. Let's throw that, put that away. Um, <laughs> I have one more question. So God doesn't want us to be devoted, which like work hard, obey. Tell him, tell them we love them, spend time with them, that whole thing. He doesn't want us to be devoted, or he doesn't want anyone else to determine what we are devoted to. All right, good, going away. I love it. Um, he doesn't want anything else to determine what we're devoted to. So I have a question. Who has failed at this commandment? Who has been devoted to something else? besides God, who has let someone else determine what they're devoted to besides God, right? So Romans 3.11 says this, says that no one understands, no one seeks for God. That this like, this commandment that God gives, what he wants more than anything else is for us to be devoted to him above everything else. 
And what Romans 3.11 tells us is that we actually, we don't do it. Nobody does it. We have all failed at this commandment. Okay. Yes, so does Romans 3.23. That's exactly right. All right, number two, who sets my agenda? Um, who wants to read this passage up here? Uh, Abby, go for it. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness or anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Great, and you don't have to read that definition at the bottom. This is what a carved image is. As you should write this down. A carved image is a God, small g, that I can make who will do what I want. I have a question for you. Does God do what we want? Does our God do what we want? No. Sometimes, that's good, if our desires are in alignment with his desires, then yes, he does what we want. But sometimes, actually most times, God doesn't do the thing that we want him to do. But when people made carved images, we call those idols, when people made idols, when they crafted them and they set them in their house, they did that because they thought they were going, do you guys know what the word manipulate means? So it means that you're going to make somebody do something that you want, basically. So like you do confusing things and you do different things because you want them to to make you get your way, right? So they thought they were going to manipulate God when they made carved images and put them in their house. They did certain things. They bowed down to them. They served them. But they were trying to get their way from God. Elliot. Um, I too just said that sometimes we don't even realize we're worshiping idols. Like, he, this man that in India, he saw all the furniture was painted to, like, like uh, stone, like, Yes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's that is a really good point, right? So there, um, there are things that we do. There are ways we even we like organize our houses and stuff like that that can point to idols. Well, this is this was the idea of idols: is that uh, people wanted to make gods, small g gods, small g do things that they wanted them to do. Uh, another way to say that is that they had like they had an, an agenda for their God. So the only reason people actually worshipped idols is because they they wanted those idols to do something for them to give them something. So it says, "You shall not bow down to them or serve them." So he's talking about both commandments now: the false idols and the false gods. Saying bowing down and serving. So bowing down and serving looks a whole lot like worship that's that's how people worshiped was they bow down and serve but what it really is about is about me and what i want so the reason people served false gods the reason people um carved out images and worshiped idols is because they it was really about them and what they wanted okay so the second commandment is this don't make a graven image or a carved image, whatever word that you want to use for that. And another way to say that is this, don't try to control God. Okay, so then God lists a consequence 
if they fail to follow these two commandments, and he lists a blessing. Oh, sorry, don't worry about that. In the, in the text, this is what he says. It's not in your notes, so you're just going to have to listen to me read it. Uh, he says, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Okay. He wants them to know this. I am I'm a jealous God, and this is what I'm going to do. He says, If you can't follow these commandments then I will visit the iniquity or the sinfulness. Um, so when he says visit the sinfulness, he's saying there is going to be punishment on the fathers uh, of the fathers, on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. So he's saying the consequences of you not following these two commandments don't just affect you. They affect the people who come after you. They affect the other people around you for four generations, he said. But... But this is what he says. He says, if you get them right, if you do follow these two commandments, he says, I show steadfast love. Means that I will continue to be for you the God who brought you out of the land of, land of Egypt. I will continue to be for you the God who loves you and continually shows you love. And so he says, he says, I show steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. So these first two commandments, big idea is this. For the first two commandments, God requires every part of me to belong to him. You should write that down for the first two commandments. God requires every part of me to belong to him. You guys are going to review what the first two commandments are so you can remember them because one of my goals is that by the end of the Ten Commandments, you guys would have the Ten Commandments memorized, okay? So that's a goal. Well, that's good. That's a win. Okay. God, there you go. <laughs> God requires every part of me to belong to him. So what? So the question that we're trying to answer is, what has all of my heart? So I have the first one, which is, what What if I've fallen short of these commandments? Who... Who has fallen short of these commandments again? Don't have idols. Don't make them. Don't worship them. Don't worship other gods, right? We all have fallen short of these commandments. You know, God actually, so, so it's interesting. God, God tells us here in this passage the consequences of missing these. He's saying there is punishment for sin. There are consequences of sin. And it's not just... Um, consequences that you face is consequences that people around you face, people who come after you face. So this is like how important these commandments are to God that he would actually put in consequences about them. There's a, a, a lot of potential harm that can come on us if we choose to offer our devotion in some other place. So the good news is that even if we have fallen short of these commandments, God still wants our devotion. So like God could, uh, and this is like what, if, if I expected somebody to always and only love me, and then they failed to do that, I probably would not ask them to keep loving me. I would probably not give them a second chance or a third chance or a fifth or a 20th chance. But God, for people who don't worship him, he still wants their devotion. So for people who have fallen short of these commandments, he still wants their devotion. Jesus offers us grace and forgiveness when he went to the cross for us. 
when he died, he paid for the punishment that was due our sin. And he offers us this grace where we have fallen short. And so God stands, he stands with open arms and he still desires our devotion even after we fall short. Because we all have fallen short and actually the consequences of falling short are pretty extreme. That's what it listed. But God still offers us the opportunity to give our devotion to him. Jesus still offers us grace and forgiveness for that. So we're gonna we're actually gonna be seeing this over and over. Um, every every one of these commandments shows us in some way how we are not devoted to following God and what God wants. Um, and the thing that we're going to keep remembering is that God is still gracious towards us. God still wants a relationship with us in spite of how we have fallen short. So that's really cool. So this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray. Then we are gonna go through community group questions, and I'm gonna go get. A snack for you guys. It's Oreos. Oreos. I know, right? That's cool. I love Oreos too. I'm going to pray and then we'll do the community group question. So Heavenly Father, thank you for how gracious you are towards us. Lord, I know that our hearts are often devoted to many other things. Lord, um, but I know that you desire first and foremost that our hearts would be devoted to you. So Lord, I thank you for the grace that you offer us through Jesus. And Lord, I pray that um, that, that grace would help convince us to offer our devotion to you. Lord, I pray that by your spirit, you would more and more help us to love and be devoted to only you. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.